You are listening to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast, a show covering the hometown Milwaukee Brewers as we analyze the roster, report on the latest rumors, and discuss their quest to bring the World Series trophy to Milwaukee for the first time. Here are your hosts, Peter and David Goh. Welcome, Brewer fans, to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. I am your host, Peter Go. Can't be too excited on this podcast, David. We uh, we just heartbreakingly watched what felt like a five-hour marathon of the Brewers season just about come to a close. Deep exhale at the end of that one. Man, Brewers season more or less over. Of course, at this point, the Brewers, as I'm sure you guys are well aware, Brewers have to sweep the D-backs in a three-game series, and the Phillies also need to be sweeped by Houston. Not super likely that that's going to happen, especially the way the Brewers' offense played. David, I know this is a tough one, but uh, what are your initial reactions and feelings after the Brewers drop three of four at home against the Miami Marlins? This sounds a little bit cold, but it's kind of what they deserved. They have not had a season that I think merits playoff consideration, let alone actually making it into the postseason. They go out and have a, a series with the Miami Marlins, who were on the verge of losing 100 games during the, the series. And they blow a 2-0 lead in Thursday's game off a grand slam from Avisail Garcia. Then on Saturday, they blow the game. They were up 3-2 in the ninth inning. Williams blows the the one-run save. And then Sunday, they they, they didn't blow the game, but they had their opportunities and they weren't able to come through. Friday being the only one that they won, Corbin Burns went eight innings. We both thought that he should have gone complete game, let him finish it, and see if he can finish it. And perhaps Williams is more fresh on Saturday and able to lock down that save. We don't know that, but possible. But with the way the Brewers played that series, they really deserve to play themselves out of playoff contention. Yeah, that was uh, on the on the Corbin Burns, Devin Williams point there. And initially, I was happy, I guess I'd say, with Williams coming in. I thought it made sense. Burns, of course, had 100 pitches, eight Beautiful innings, obviously, uh, and absolutely what you want. I mean, the, it was basically a must-win for the Brewers, and the Brewers threw their ace and their ace eight innings of shutout baseball. So couldn't have asked for anything more from Corbin Burns. At the time, I was I was fine with them bringing in Williams, but the next day when Williams, of course, blew the save, it did certainly dawn on me: had we kept Burns in the ninth, we may have a fresh Devin Williams. And, and looking back, I would have preferred to at least see Corbin Burns go out for the ninth, knowing that Williams, of course, could come in at any point as well. So I think that was maybe one change I'd make. Overall, I thought Craig Council did a pretty solid job. David, we had a lot of fun uh, talking hypotheticals in extra innings of game four on Sunday here today as we're recording with uh, the Brewers bullpen getting real thin. I think it was basically Strzelecki left. Uh, Williams probably unavailable, so we were coming up with all sorts of weird scenarios of Brandon Woodruff coming in and Eric Lauer starting on three days rest which uh, luckily or unluckily did not occur. Um, Brewers, like you said, falling short and just a disappointing season. I will say, I mean, the Brewers offense made the Marlins pitching look good, but Lopez obviously looked great seven innings on Sunday. Sandy Alcantara was outstanding. Uh, I haven't really seen much of, of those guys. That obviously, don't don't watch a lot of Marlins games. So I will say I was impressed, especially with Alcantara, but even Lopez had a good start. Um, overall, I, I would say they, they pitched well. Not Brewers still need to put put runs on the board regardless, but um, obviously disappointing series. And really, if you look back over the last couple of weeks, the Phillies gave the Brewers every opportunity to take that third wild card spot. And the Brewers 
are only looking at themselves uh, when it comes to the fault of, of not making the playoffs this year. So David, with all that being said, what is today's meaningless stat? Today's meaningless stat is about Craig Tember, but not Craig Tember, Craig Tober. Do the Brewers have Craig Tober magic in them? And if today was any evidence of Craig Tober magic being dead, um, that is the case because they fell to four and nine in October regular season games in Craig Council's managerial tenure, which is the worst of any month in Craig Council's time as manager of the Brewers. That's an interesting note. You've got, of course, uh, Mr. October and Derek Jeter and Craig Council, not not so much the same. So interesting, obviously known for his late season heroics as a manager. Again, uh, not not necessarily a knock against, against Council. I think he overall managed the series well and, and did whatever he could. Uh, the Brewers got themselves in good chances. Actually, I, I'll take that back. One, one, one scenario I have absolutely no idea what the Brewers were thinking. Victor Caratini up, runner on second, nobody out. Brewers down by one, and Caratini swinging away, not laying down a sacrifice bunt. Not to mention the inning before, the Brewers bunted with Hunter Renfro. So if you want to make the case that, oh, you know, you want to poo-poo the sack bunt now, and the sack bunt is dead, and you should just be swinging away, fine. But then what is Hunter Renfro doing bunting the inning before? And then Caratini comes up. That was the one that got me. I, I didn't. We were, we were watching the game and together, and I, we you know, talk strategy throughout the game. And I didn't even bring it up because it was just an assumption that the Brewers are going to bunt with Caratini. He already did it once. I, I think it was his first sack bunt in four years or something like that. It worked. He got the runner over and that's what he should have done there. I don't know what, what they're doing. Instead, Caratini strikes out. Runner doesn't move over. So runner on second one out. Yelich eventually walks. But again, Brewers ultimately not able to get it done. So besides that, I, I didn't understand that whatsoever. But overall, I thought Council did an okay job overall managing the series doing basically the best he could gave the Brewers a lot of chances to hit runners in outside of a few, you know, the Adames hit and a few others. The Brewers just didn't take advantage of it. And yeah, uh, there's not one player to blame, but the Brewers offense really as a whole, this series is, is what leads them to be just one game away from being eliminated from playoff contention. So all that being said, David, what is today's trivia question? Today's trivia question relates to, the last game the Brewers played that was meaningless. The last time they played a game that didn't count for playoffs and they were already eliminated. Last year they played some games that were officially without meaning, but they were already playing, going to be playing in the postseason. And they'd already clinched their spot. So in that last meaningless game, which came on October 1st, 2017, Eric Thames started in left field, but was replaced by another guy for his speed and defense, another left fielder. And that ended up being actually his final game of his career. Who is that defensive replacement in left field? Try not to overthink this one too much. And we'll see if Peter has the answer. Is that final game of his Brewers career or final game of his career? His, his major league career. Okay. All right. So as always, answer to that trivia question at the end of the podcast. And we're going to switch up our random player of the day today with a little bit of a different format. I've got five clues for name this player. This is an active player on the Brewers current 25 or not 25 man roster. Sorry, that just flowed off the tongue. The Brewers current roster. So David, our first clue, they will um, go from, I would say, not very easy to easy uh, across these five clues. So to start out, this player on the Brewers active roster, five foot ten, one hundred eighty-two pounds, 
and a birthday of August 26, 1992. So I will tell you, you can rule out Rowdy Telez on this one. He is over 182 pounds. So I get one guess for Correct. each clue. You got it. Okay. Three, five, five, two. Ten, five, ten, 182, you said? <laughs> yep. And born in 1992. Okay. Trevor Gott. That is correct. Trevor Gott is the answer to <laughs> there we have it. Nice. So it didn't take much there. Apparently, David's got height and weights down of uh, of every player on the Brewers roster, which wouldn't totally surprise me. And that wasn't even that was a generic, you know. Not a lot of guys are five ten, I guess, but five ten one eighty two birthday of eight twenty six ninety two. I'll share the rest of the clues for those of you who aren't weird like David and know Trevor got based off his height, weight, and birthday. Got was drafted in the sixth round of the twenty thirteen MLB draft, I believe, by the uh, by the San Diego Padres. Yes, by the by the San Diego Padres. Um, this is his seventh season in the major leagues. The Brewers are his fourth team, and this year, forty three games with a three and two record out of the bullpen. Um, as as far as baseball reference stats are updated, of course, got making an appearance today in Sunday's game. So there we have it. Name that player. A successful first segment there, David. Getting it on the first clue. I didn't even have to bother coming up with him. I guess I'll I'll keep that in mind, and uh, we'll see how well you continue to know height and weights of, of current players for the Brewers. Yeah. Maybe you can, I don't, I feel like the, the parameters are so narrow with the, the active roster. I mean, that's probably just cause I know the players so well, maybe that's, maybe that's what the problem is, but so maybe, maybe if we do some that are all time, uh, it would just have to be within, maybe the clues have to be a little bit, if we do all time, the clues have to be a little bit more specific, but we can we can figure it out. I'm sure we'll get it get it down, uh, or maybe I'll just keep getting it right on the first try every time. That works too. That works too. Yep. So there we have it. Our uh, our name that player segment officially begins with Trevor Gott. So first topic of the day, and, and really the only topic that that really matters. We've already talked about the Brewers, of course, dropping the three out of four to the Marlins. Now a one game magic number for the Phillies. David, you were mentioning the the Phillies were trolling the Brewers through through Twitter by changing their their handle or something like that. So Phillies were certainly rooting for the Marlins, right? That's correct. On Twitter, they they changed their name to Miami Marlins Stan account. Stan being the the internet word for fan for those who are unaware. Yeah. So of course, Phillies at this point just need to win one game remaining to clinch that third playoff spot, and. We've obviously talked about, of course, the Brewers want to make the playoffs. But, David, you posed an interesting question um, to me. You were, you were saying, does it really matter if the Brewers make the playoffs? Obviously, going into the season, every team, every fan wants to be in the playoffs. You obviously want to be in the World Series, win the World Series, all those things. But you posed an interesting question. Does it matter if the Brewers make the playoffs? So I'll pose that question to you first and, and want to hear your thoughts on that. Fangraph says the Brewers only have a 4% chance of making the playoffs, and I think that's reasonable. I mean, would it be nice to make the playoffs? Sure. I I don't dispute that it'd be nice to make the playoffs. And I think it, it maybe is good not to, to act spoiled like all the playoffs were too good for the playoffs if we're not going to be the, the 98 win team. But at the same time, if the Brewers do make the playoffs, they have no home games in the first round. They're They're clearly the worst team in the playoff field if they do make it. So are they even going to make it out of the first round? They probably aren't going to win anything significant. And even I would say, 
if they do go deeper, does that maybe even undermine the credibility of the postseason format by having a team that has played as the sixth or seventh best team in the league if they were to make it to the championship series or the world series? I think it's, uh, I mean, to say that the Brewers are the worst team. Yeah, I understand that. Obviously by record, they would be. Um, And I I think you could, I see the case for why you'd say that. But when I look at a a three game playoff series and I'd be curious what, what players and fans and teams would, would, would say looking at the, the playoff landscape, which at this point is pretty much set. If you rule the Brewers out, um, the actual teams that are in the playoffs are pretty much set. Um, more so seeding and division winning for the NL East still to be determined, but ask, ask other fans. And I would be curious to see, you know, what team they would want to play the most. I'm not sure the Brewers would actually be number one. You think about a three game series against the Cardinals. If the Brewers somehow pull off a miracle and and sweep the D backs and the Phillies get swept by the Astros. Brewers have a three game series with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff likely making a start in two of those games. So the Brewers, only, you know, only need to win games started by Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. And then presumably you've got maybe Lauer, Peralta, or a combination of the two, however the Brewers would work that out in another third game. Again, the Brewers offense, are, they're not going to win any games the way they're hitting right now. But we've also seen what the Brewers offense can do. Willie Adames obviously had um, an outstanding second half of September. And then that pretty much turned into um, just be a complete dud this week. So we've seen the, the, the ups and downs of the offense, but a three-game series against the Cardinals, I, I'm feeling pretty confident going in. The Brewers have a good chance, and like I said, I'd be curious to see what other fans, other teams would say if you asked them what team they'd like to play going into the playoffs, and I'm not sure that the Brewers would be the team that would be most selected. You do have to remember, though, that Burns is scheduled to go on Wednesday, so if the Brewers are to be in a spot where they could potentially still make the playoffs, of course, Burns would then pitch on Wednesday, so he wouldn't be available to go until game three on three days rest. Correct. Correct. But I think that you still do that. And yeah, is that, you know, Corbin Burns at his finest? Maybe, maybe not. But at the end of the day, when you've got the aces that the Brewers have, and both of them have shown in the last week to couple of weeks, obviously Woodruff even more, they're elite pitchers. And so in a three game series, like I said, I'm still feeling confident the Brewers have a good chance uh, of beating the Cardinals Again, if they're able to pull off the miracle. And I mean, otherwise, again, is there any any easy team to play in the playoffs? No, there shouldn't be. That's the point. It's the playoffs. Does any team necessarily want to play the Padres um, or even the Cardinals or Braves or Mets or Dodgers, obviously? Um, probably not. But I guess if I'm going to the playoffs, if I'm the Cardinals, would I rather play the Phillies, who aren't necessarily playing great baseball either? They're not hot. I mean, they're, they're stumbling their way into the playoffs right now, much like the Brewers would be. But if I'm the Cardinals, would I rather play the Phillies, um, who are also kind of stumbling their way into the playoffs, or the Brewers, when you know you've got to face Burns and Woodruff, like I said, in a three-game series, which matters a lot more than you know than a seven-game series would? Yeah, I do. I mean, I guess the original question wasn't who would you rather play, but I would add that the Phillies do have Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, who I, I don't know if they're quite – to the level of Burns and Woodruff, especially with the way Woodruff's pitched since he came back from injury like three months ago now. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, I guess this, this conversation will probably not end up mattering, but 
yeah i i'd almost like like would i would if if in the according to fan graphs 0.2 percent chance that the brewers do make the playoffs and win the world series like would i be happy of course but i'd also be like i feel like there's something wrong about this format if it allowed the brewers to win i mean I mean, there's always been teams. The best team doesn't win the World Series. Obviously, the Braves. But even think back to the Cardinals. Uh, speaking of right on cue of the Molina, Pujols, Wainwright trio that all exited the game in their final regular season or, I believe, final home regular season game together. Um, I believe. Um, like I, I think about that team um, in '06 with who won a wild card. I, I want to say they won somewhere in the mid to maybe upper '80s. Um, that year they weren't outstanding and they got hot and they won the world series. So to say that it's not fair, I get that it's the first year of the playoff picture this way, the way that they're doing it with the extra wild card and the brewers wouldn't be there if there were only two wild cards, I get all that, but the playoffs aren't meant to be, you know, only the best team has a chance at winning or else we go back to, you know, the ancient times of Dodgers versus Astros in the world series next week, um, which would be a lot less, more, a lot less exciting. That's true. the The Cardinals went eighty three and seventy eight and won the National League Central that year. Got it. Got it. So, That's right. Yep. But at the same time, there was only one team in the NL that won ninety plus games. So that is, in some ways, is a little bit of a different era. Or the NL was just really bad in interleague games. <laughs> yeah. The other. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, anyways, again, all of this probably won't matter. Um, in a day or two, unless the Brewers pull off a miracle. But my point is, I don't think that I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount the Brewers as a playoff team, because to me, they they have a team that could be built to get hot in the playoffs. Again, not likely they get there, not super likely they get hot. But you've got a couple aces on the mound. You still have Freddie and Lauer as well, and you've got guys that can get hot. We've seen obviously what Adames can do when he gets hot. Rowdy Renfro is actually the only guy that really seems to be swinging the bat halfway decent or, or Wong, but the Brewers could, I could easily see the Brewers getting hot and all of a sudden they take the series against the Cardinals and find themselves in a matchup against the Braves or the Mets or whoever it ends up being and having a, a chance again. Do I think the Brewers are going to win the world series? No. Is this going to matter in a couple of days? Probably not, but I would just say don't discount the Brewers team. I know we've been upset obviously with, the the roster formation the moves obviously made by the front office but the brewers still have a good roster they still have a good team a lot of stars on the team especially on the mound so i wouldn't count them out in the playoffs if they do pull off the miracle and make it there yeah that's fair so brewers as we've said a million times must sweep the d-backs and Phillies must be swept by the Astros to make it. So Brewers will be facing the D-backs. David, any preview, uh, any things that you want to make sure that Brewers fans know as the Brewers enter? Obviously a, a very pivotal series. Well, they do have to face Zach Gallen, who is probably the, the runner-up in the Cy Young call or Cy Young voting in 2022 for the D-backs. And Merrill Kelly, who's their number two and has a sub-three ERA this year, they have to face both of them in the series. So it will make the sweep that much harder, but they do have Woodruff in game one and Burns in game three. Lauer between them facing Gallon in game two on Tuesday. So they will have the, the good pitching going up against them. The Brewers face their, their fair share of good pitching in this Marlin series, facing Alcantara, facing Pablo Lopez today, uh, who is pretty good. 
and all the no-name relievers that threw 98 also. Um, <laughs> felt like every Marlins reliever was either like a funky lefty or a random righty reliever throwing like 98 with that. Well, you got to you, you certainly have to you certainly have to bring up Fishman. Uh, I think it was Jeff Fishman. Is am I remembering that right? Jake, Jake Fishman. That's that's a classic, of course. David, then you brought up Anthony Bass, former Marlin, and and then I, I won't steal your thunder. I'll, I'll let you share the, the tweet that you shared. Yeah, John Heyman tweeted about Jake Fishman, and he said that it was good to see Jake Fishman getting called up by the Marlins. He said almost as good as Johnny Padres finishing his career with the Padres. Classic, classic baseball names. Mike Trout to the Marlins, probably in the offseason as well, one could hope. But yeah, it was a bunch of random relievers. I learned it all of new players watching the Brewers-Marlins series. This was the most I've watched of any series. Pretty much just about saw every pitch of the series, which was rather disheartening. Um, a lot of heartbreak over this weekend. Um, but yeah. Like you said, Brewers aren't going to have a cakewalk in uh, what's a below average team, obviously, in the D-backs. So even if the Brewers um, get lucky and the, the Phillies do get swept, which I think is highly unlikely, they'll have their workout cut out for them. But hopefully it should be fun to see Woodruff get another start, see if he can continue on the success he's had. I think he's had a, about a 1.8 ERA in the last four or five starts. So he's been elite um, over the last four or five starts. And hopefully he can continue that, even if it is his final start of the year and go into the offseason with a lot of confidence um, and hopefully come back next year. Who knows? Maybe the Brewers uh, actually throw an extension offer to one of those arms. We'll certainly be covering that in the offseason, David. I know you, you've got a strong case for, for extending them, so I won't, I won't even uh, poke the bear here and, and start the conversation, but I'll, I'll just throw that out there. And I feel like given the Brewers' season and moves made, like going into the offseason, I feel like there's the most stuff to talk about out of like – any offseason we've had because you've got arbitration years, you've got a couple of players that may be leaving, but actually a lot that are going to be staying, but a lot of questions around what direction the Brewers go, the Brewers farm system. I don't know. It just seems like I, I could be wrong and maybe it's just because we're here, but I don't know. Is that, am I the only one who feels like there's a lot to talk about this offseason? I think so. Last year, it it felt like, well, we would just won 95 games. We had a bad postseason, but you know, what are you going to do about that? the offense and really what what they did was they replaced Garcia with Renfro did I, I don't really I mean a couple relief moves on the the margins like Trevor got um, being brought in that oh and and a backup catcher instead of Pena with um well originally Pedro Severino and then ended up being Caratini so yeah there weren't there weren't a whole lot of moves made last offseason after 2020, it was like that one was weird because we didn't really know what the state of baseball was going to be. So that one, I think, was a little strange. 2019, you maybe had some of these questions, but everyone was so young. So it was like figuring out how much you were going to trust Woodruff and Burns uh, and, and Freddie and some of these guys going forward. So this is, I think, the most important offseason they've had during their competitive window. We saw them kind of retool the team after 2019. Didn't really work in 2020, but the season didn't really matter, thankfully. So they were able to get things back together for 21 when they got Willie and Rowdy. But now going into 23, there are a lot of questions with 
the pitching, with the offense, really with with every area of the ball club. Yeah, a lot of question marks, like you said. Catcher is a big one, probably the largest uh, position that they've got to address in the offseason. But Colton Wong's another one that they'll have to address, and that has sort of a domino effect on what the Brewers do with the rest. One other signing that ha- happened in the 21-22 to 22 offseason was Brewers signing Mike Brasso, which was a great signing. Brasso put up an excellent campaign this year, and hopefully he'll be back again next year. But yeah, I think... There's a lot. There's a lot on the line, and given that what the front office did this year, there's a there's a shorter leash um, that Brewers fans have for them. So I think they'll be a little bit quick to be quick critical on any moves the Brewers make, regardless of what they end up doing. We'll certainly have lots of time to break all that down, um, and I'm I'm actually frankly excited. Of course, I want the Brewers to make the playoffs. I, I hope the Brewers do, and we get a chance to cover them in the playoffs. But I'm actually excited for the offseason to also figure out what the Brewers are going to do. And the Brewers do have several, obviously, outfielders, but prospects in general knocking at the door as well that we should probably see two to three, um, I would say, at least significant debuts next year in uh, likely Bryce Turang. Um, hopefully we see more of Ethan Small and then uh, perhaps a couple of the uh, other outfield prospects in Freelich and Weimer. So it'll be an interesting offseason. It's unfortunate that we're talking about the offseason um, here in the early October. But Brewers, three-game series against D-backs. Obviously, this is it. Brewers must sweep uh, to even have a shot at a playoff berth. We'll be uh, reluctantly uh, holding our breath as the Brewers face off. David, any final thoughts here before we go? Well, I think regarding the offseason, the Brewers are going to have to figure out how they're going to cope with the loss of Trevor Rosenthal. That's just going to be one that's really difficult to replace with all the contributions he made. Think about the the uh, amount that we gave up to get him and, and the, the key role he played on the 2022 Brewers. Yeah, absolutely. And and the, the heartache Brewers fans will have mm-hmm. in seeing – I was going to say his number, but I actually didn't even know his number. I was going to say in seeing that uh, his number, but he may not have even been assigned a number. He was. I, I actually saw it on the roster today when I looked um, – he, because I think he was going to be called up, so they gave him a number forty-seven. Yeah, so he he did have a number, and I you know the good news. Why, but. Well, you know the good news about it is probably in two to three years, clubhouse sale dollar T-shirt Trevor Rosenthal absolutely only fifty percent off probably. Sorry, sorry, didn't want to over exceed yeah. expectations. If anybody has a Trevor Rosenthal jersey. Brewers 47, let me know. Happy to purchase that off you. I would love to give that to David for his birthday or for Christmas. Yeah. It'd just be a good meme t-shirt. Yes. Meme shirt. Yeah, to have a a, a Trevor Rosenthal shirt. Also, the other thing that I was thinking about is I feel like the Brewers have a lot of guys on the the 40-man roster, at least a number of them, that they could kind of just like – clear off that we've had for a couple of years i don't know if they actually will because they might just keep the depth but guys like gustave who's making a little bit more than the minimum i mean not that that should really matter but it does because the brewers don't like paying anyone any amount of money Uh, miguel sanchez maybe i don't know if they'll keep him around or not jason alexander alex jackson Pablo Reyes. So a couple of those guys that we might have seen their last Brewer appearance as well. Perhaps not as not as sad as the last um, Chase Peterson sighting that we we may see this week. Yeah, yeah, Peterson could be 
um, in his last series with the Brewers. I, I actually, I've overall been happy with his contributions. I, I mean, the expectations from him weren't high. Um, and he's been a valuable player. Also, I didn't realize he was playing. I believe it's a sprained UCL. I I may have heard um, Bill Schroeder wrong in the broadcast today, but he's playing through a significant injury in his non-throwing hand since he got back from the IL, and he's been completely ineffective offensively, which makes sense. So I didn't know that either, which is kind of an interesting thing. One thing I will, one thing I did uh, realize in the Brewers Marlins series, watching so much of the series, Brewers fans have a lot to be thankful for in their TV broadcast. Brian Anderson and Bill Schroeder. I, it's a it's a fun time to watch a game called by them, even heartbreaking losses. But the Brewers have fans. We we've been spoiled for a long time with both those guys and and even even guys before then, uh, Vaz Gershon as well. But Brian Anderson's one of the best in the world, and to think that the Brewers have him alongside Bill Schroeder, it's a good time listening to Brewer games on TV. Vaz Gershon, that goes back to like 1998. I don't. I don't think Vez Gershon was even in the broadcast booth when they made the transition to Miller Park. I mean, he has made it big since, and of course he's in the spotlight. But uh, I guess that kind of show goes to show how how steady that presence of Brian Anderson has been. Because even though he has he has uh, lowered his his games as he's gone through the years, he still has been with the team. I think for 16, 17 years now. Yeah, I believe it's I believe it's seventeen. I could be wrong on that. Uh, either sixteen or seventeen, though. You are correct because I I know just um, just today on the broadcast, the uh, Bill Schroeder was asking BA if he was going to be back for another one, kind of jokingly. Um, I think that was already assumed, but he said he is uh, he will return for the Brewers, and like you said, in a um, in a lesser capacity than he originally started. But to think that the Brewers get a chance to have him. Um, even call the majority of their games is certainly a win. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Matt Vazgersian just looked it up 97 to 01 with the Brewers. Oh. I was thinking of that 01 Brewers, like I think it's a police card, him and Bill Schroeder. That's what I was picturing. I thought that was an 03 card, but I was wrong. He got a start with the Brewers in 97 through 01 and then spent some time from 02 to 08 with the Padres before uh, going nationally with Fox Sports starting in 05. Okay. Yeah. And, and even beyond Brian Anderson and Bill Schroeder, I think Levering does a very good job as TV, a TV broadcaster. I mean, radio as well, but he does a great job. And I like Dillard as an analyst too. I think either of them could be like the main guys. And I, I think they're actually like the, they're more of the future. I mean, we'll see because Levering could end up taking over for Euchre. Of course, I mean, Euchre is really a, on a year to year basis. We don't know how long he has with the club. Brian Anderson with the way that he does it right now, he's only around for about 50 games and Bill Schroeder is getting into his mid sixties. I believe he's had some pretty severe health issues over the past couple of years. So my understanding is what I've heard is that Bill Schroeder probably only has a couple more years in him that he wants to keep doing this. So perhaps a handover that, that analyst job to Tim Dillard. And I would be in favor of that. I'm, I'm not the biggest Vinny Rotino fan as a broadcaster, but I think Dillard does a great job, and I, I really like Levering also. Yeah, you're right. Obviously, we didn't even mention Bob Uecker in this uh, in this discussion. But yeah, I, I could see the Brewers perhaps kind of grooming Dillard to be that next next role. Hopefully, we don't lose Anderson and Schroeder the same year, but it's possible the two of them could kind of mutually agree to, to go out together. But looking at Brian Anderson's Wikipedia page, you certainly have to appreciate the grind because you always see, of course, the success from 98 to 2000. He announced minor league games and little league baseball for ESPN. 
Um, and then he got to start with the San, San Antonio missions, a double a affiliate of the Padres, uh, radio slash TV from 94 to 98 and 2000 to 2003. Then he got a, a role with the golf channel from 03 to 06, then worked as a sideline reporter for the, from the Spurs from 99 to 07. So some overlap there. And then 2007, Brian Anderson got the role as a play-by-play announcer for the Brewers. And since then has held that role and obviously moved into MLE playoffs. Uh, actually, his first um, playoff game that he called was the 08 Brewers Phillies NLDS, which is kind of cool um, that he got to do that on national TV for TBS and then got a chance to do NBA playoffs, not March Madness. And he's done obviously a lot more um, as his career has progressed, but certainly have to appreciate the, uh, the start calling Little League Baseball. Yeah, definitely. And also, I was looking at Bill Schroeder's Wikipedia page as you were looking at Brian Anderson's. Bill Schroeder was the starting catcher for the AL All-Stars in the Nintendo game RBI Baseball 1987. Did not know know that. But that was the year that he caught Juan Nieves' no-hitter. If you have spent at least three minutes listening to a Brewers broadcast in your life, you've probably, probably heard it. Although he did actually hit... 332 in 1987 which i did not realize until today there we go a 927 ops in in 75 games limited playing time but still very very good interesting well again so i guess uh in summer in summary there uh we gotta appreciate what we have with brewers broadcast both tv and radio that's been it was fun uh this weekend to, to be, just be able to listen to games with uh anderson and bill schroeder so david before we head out, one final thing here. Let's go back to our trivia question for today. Today's trivia question was, who was the defensive replacement in left field on the Brewers game on October 1st, 2017? Oddly specific, but you did give a clue there. Defensive speedy outfielder. First first came to mind, of course, Keon Broxton, but I obviously knew he played since 2017. Same with Domingo Santana, if you wanted to count him as a speedy good defender, which is debatable, I guess. Not that's um, really debatable. <laughs> Aaron Perez also on that team, but played longer than that. And then actually the first player that did come to mind when you said speedy defensive outfielder is the current Brewers first base coach, Quinton Berry. That is correct. Quinton Berry replaced Eric Thames out in left field. That game was a game against the Cardinals. The Brewers won 6-1. to one. They finished the year 86 and 76. After that game, Aaron Wilkerson delivered seven innings, one run in only a second start of the year. The Brewers tagged relief pitcher for the Cardinals, Sandy Alcantara, for two runs in one inning. Carlos Torres and Taylor Williams came in relief for Wilkerson to finish that game. And what I was thinking about is the Brewers won 86 games in 2017, and they need to go two and one to finish 86 and 76 but if you compare that team to this team like that's pretty bad their rotation that year was Davies Nelson Chase Anderson Garza Suter and Guerra and their lineup included Pena Thames VR Arcia Shaw Braun Broxton and Domingo with Hernan Perez and Aguilar also playing most days so I mean nothing against those players but to think that that team had about the same number of wins as the current team is a little bit sad. I agree. I I think 
I would say that 2017 overperformed and the 2022 Brewers, no question, underperformed. But it is shocking to think that that actually that 2017 2017 team could actually outperform the Brewers roster this year. Taylor Williams, you mentioned him. I always liked him. Didn't really have a whole lot of success. Um, His main year with the Brewers is 2018, 56 games and a 4.25 ERA has been quite bad since then but it's still floating around in baseball most recently actually for the Marlins ironically last year but always liked uh, Taylor Williams so I don't know that we'll have a lot of random names here that play in the last three games for the Brewers but we'll probably see some of the Brewers starters get shut down perhaps a little bit early as well if the Brewers games do become meaningless so not exactly a, a fun podcast David we were talking about before this was kind of a uh, an exhale not not quite a eulogy for the 2022 season, but a little bit of a an empathy episode, I guess. Yeah, we're saving the eulogy for next week. I wrote a, <laughs> I wrote a eulogy poem that includes every every brewer that appeared in a game this year. So nope, no Trevor Rosenthal, no Denelson Lamette, no Alex Hall. Those three if, will not be included because they didn't appear for the Brewers. But the other 51 are all in the poem. If if that doesn't get podcast listeners excited for next week i really don't know what uh, next week tune in next week we will have a very sad episode about how the brewers were unable to make the playoffs a eulogy podcast with a poem handwritten by david including every player which i'm not really sure how that's even possible but i guess tune in next week i will tune my i will myself will tune in probably only for that reason um to to be back next week or the brewers pull off a miracle and uh, we're talking about how the brewers are going to beat the Cardinals in a three-game series. I still got confidence in the team, unlike uh, David at this point. So, David. But if they if they make the playoffs, then I'll have to redo my poem because one of the lines is, no Brewers in October. That makes me very sad, Zach. Nice. So, nice. Very good. Uh, that I, that You even got a preview out now. I do. So now, yeah, we're, I'm expecting record listenership next week. Um, everybody just sit on the edge of your seats for a 2022 Brewer poem next week. Mm-hmm. All right. We will happily end on that note. Brewers, of course, consequential three-game series against the D-backs at home. Phillies playing Houston in a one-game magic number for the Phillies. So Brewers holding on to their last hopes after losing three or four from the Marlins. This is Peter and David Go signing off. Go Brewers. Thank you for listening to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review our show on whichever platform you're listening on. If you enjoyed it, consider supporting us through the link down below. See you next time.